What's up, everyone? Thank you for tapping in today, and we're back with uh, our fifth episode of My Jiu-Jitsu Academia, and I'm Jason Matlock. DJ. And Trevor Reyna. Trevor Reyna is our guest today, and this is my man from another land. Way back. Way back, <laughs> way back. Uh, so, Trevor, tell us a little about yourself, where you come from, how you started jujitsu, and... Uh, what you doing? Uh, yeah. So long story short, I started jujitsu November 2020. Right. Around there, really just walked in because one of my buddies, when I used to work at Panera, basically told me, "Hey, you should try jujitsu." And I was like, I- "I'm good. I've done I've done Muay Thai before, so I saw like the the people, like the jujitsu people, just doing shrimping and stuff like that." And I was like, "I'm I'm good with that." And then yeah. another person at Panera said, "Like, hey, you should go." do jujitsu at this one place that this other guy also told me to go to and yeah i was like okay fine try it out see what's up with it and then just fell in love honestly started training like once once or twice a week and then by maybe a month in i was training like four times a week roughly okay yeah so yeah from there on then on out i was maybe i can make a career out of this and then just yeah just send it (laughs) man it's funny um i didn't know your journeys and your and my journey started around about the same time. Oh, really? No. Yeah, I thought you had kind of been like doing it, doing it for a minute. No, nah, it'll be right after Thanksgiving. It'll be three years. Okay. Yeah, so not too, too long. Dope. So like you got in and right away, like within a month, you were like, I want to start going for a tournament and making a career out of it. Oh, dude, not even that. I was like, so maybe I would say maybe three months in. I did my first tournament. I remember that that was a rough one. I honestly, in my white belt days, I probably lost every single tournament. Like here is, yeah. So that was that was rough. Like being a white belt, I probably lost about just about everything up until the end. So I remember my first tournament. The first one was basically we went in there. Coach told me I need to be as light as possible, as strong as possible. So I went from like one forty five to one twenty. And yeah, I was like, oh, I'll just be in the lightest weight class. And then right when I went there, everyone like everyone wasn't too worried. And I was like the only one worried. I was like, what's going on here? And then we walked in. There was like a class going on before this tournament. And next thing I find out is they're just doing the honor system. Okay. And I was like, coach, what's the honor system? And he's like, oh, you just tell them what weight you are. And oh. that's it. And I was like. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then next yeah. thing I know with the honor system, I got this guy who's like 5'11", probably like 160, absolutely jacked. And, I'm, and he's looking at me and I'm like, this guy's 120? Okay, let's go. Next thing you know, try to go for a double leg that this coach showed me and then went flying. Okay. And then after that moment, I just kept on pulling guard since. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So there's honor system, and then like you're looking, you said this dude's like yeah. what, 5'11, 165. Yeah. I was like, not only is this guy taller than me, but he's bigger than me, too. Honor system, <laughs> that's that's below you, bro. That's I funny. know, it was hilarious. It was actually at a Taylor's Jiu Jitsu. Oh, yeah. really? Okay, long time ago. <laughs> I need to check them out there. I think uh, I competed against someone who uh, was there, and I need to go out and uh, train with them. I could tell them, oh, man, it's like, a fun gym, okay? Yeah, good people. Telus is great. Head instructor there is good. What's his yeah. name? Pretty sure it's Telus, but I could be completely wrong. Oh, okay. Never asked for his name. <laughs> well, where is this? It's in like kind of like Fullerton area. Okay. Like it's on. I would say it's like on the edge of Fullerton and Orange. It's like in a yeah. shopping center, right? It's in a shopping it's center. It's in a shopping center, like in the. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah like right, right, right by the railroad. Yeah, I yeah. know exactly where it's at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then you said in like at the beginning you struggled in tournaments. When did you like see that change? Like. Uh, it was actually at, I'm pretty sure it, it was one of Clever's, um, what was this tournament that he does all the time? Like uh, Copa. The friend, oh, the Copa, not the yeah, friend. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was Copa. And long story short, I was a, I was a white belt. Um, and they couldn't, they didn't have anyone in my division. So they threw me up in weight. And from there, I was basically, I was just lost the first match. And I was like, okay, what do I do now? I got knocked out. And then. Next thing you know, I got thrown into another into another weight of another weight category. I was like, okay, I guess we're going again. And then I ended up after that moment, basically, uh, you know, landed. Yeah, he yeah. Told me essentially get my shit together, just just play your game. And then some that moment something clicked, and I just just went through that whole division. Club got pissed, threw <laughs> threw one of his blue belts at me, and then beat him. 
and then I ended up getting double gold. So uh-huh. yeah. white and blue as a white belt. I'm losing every single match since. Or that's, every single match prior. That's awesome. That's <laughs> and so I was awesome. like, okay, this makes sense now. That's awesome. <laughs> that's that's an origin story right there. Yeah. It was a rough one, man. White belt white belt sucked. Like <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, like uh what do you think the worst moment of your white belt journey was? Oh man! Wait, real quick. What belt are you now? Did you get promoted? Have no, you... I'm just I'm blue belt. Okay, you're still blue with. Okay, yeah. copy. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those. Honestly, probably what it was is just I've been moving a lot, so I've just been gym hopping. Is really the same. Yeah, so that's a, that's a real rough one. It's like there comes a moment where you're just like, okay, I'm not sure what belt I am, but as long as like you really just enjoy the journey, especially now, like you can really just sign up for like. If it, like if you want to do advanced division do advanced division yeah. you know like i've seen whites and blues going in advance so mm-hmm. why not yeah so that's really what it is it's just it's like kind of like a measure of not really even i wouldn't say even like with belt belt colors it's not really even a measure of how good you are it's more of a measure of like you know, i would say like skill like skill acquisition is the best way to explain it because like you're gonna you can have an athletic blue belt beat a black belt any day of the week just with pure athleticism yeah but if he does the same thing over a course of time, like he's only gonna do this, it's like kind of like Mickey Rod, just yeah. got a body lock. Like, so like you can't really promote someone if I mean, even if they're good or not, and mm-hmm. what they can do is unstoppable. It's just about I feel like pre- purely it's about skill acquisition in terms of belt color, okay, rather than skills, I like or, like athleticism in that regard. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. and I, I kind of agree. Look, I'm not a I'm not a professor yet or a coach, but. Um, I kind of feel the same way as far as like the skill acquisition. That's that's my whole story is how much skill can I acquire in as little as amount of time as possible by just trilling, training, you know, working hard and just sticking to the basics, you know? Yeah. I would say like there's really truly just like a finite amount of finite amount of techniques that you can truly do. And it's just really about understanding what they as your opponent is giving you mm-hmm. and picking the best really the best tool for the job and also the, like the best tool for the job in terms of um in terms of how you like pair techniques together is the okay. best way to explain it like understanding his plan of inside and out posi- outside position as well as yours okay it's the best way to explain it do you do you watch a lot of film on your opponents like if you're able to see like the bracket before Oh, no, not at all. Okay. Yeah. Like, I feel like, especially if you're going into, like, like, re- like let's say if you got, like, 60, 60 people in your division, like, there's no reason. Like, it's just, it's just, yeah, there's no way that you're going to remember everything. Like, it's different if it's, like, a super fight. You got, like, you got, like, one person. But other than that, I really don't think you should worry about it unless, like, there are, like, people you know you're going to run into is the best way to explain it. It's funny because like, so I haven't done like any like super big tournaments, but in most tournaments, like in my weight division or like the ultra heavies, you rarely get more than like 10 guys to, to hear you say 60. Oh yeah. 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 Like, That's uh, at the open. So at the open, I probably had like 45 people, 45 to 50. It was wow. a good amount. Yeah. Okay. Especially Man. like in like, I'm at like the bottom of the bell curve, like bottom middle of the bell curve. You're going to have mm-hmm. a good amount of people. Especially like in the anywhere between like sixty five up until like eighty five kilos, okay, right around there. So like one forty to like one ninety five, you're gonna have a good amount of people there. So yeah, with IBJJF ADCC, I would say it's always worth like, I like even like on a money value, ADCC is so much like more affordable to even try because even if you get knocked out, it's just a, like knocked down the first round, it's just a hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely worth it versus IBJJF where you're spending $250, $300 for the same result, ending up in some random city somewhere if you're doing an open or something like mm-hmm. that versus like, you know, ADCC in general. I feel like ADCC is just more money put into it to have, to have fun, essentially. Yeah. And it looks fun. I mean, I don't know if I really enjoy the announcers. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to be real with you. That announcer is wild. I yeah I, it's not my vibe i think they were just trying to pull like the pride days kind of vibe and... they, they can leave it there pride, <laughs> pride, pride was amazing for its time i go back and watch their videos all the time let's leave it there i feel you the whole like 
How'd you feel about Bruce Buffer being the announcer at the end? I thought that was cool, but could we have had him the whole time? I mean, we can't afford him the whole time. No, so what happened is actually a funny story. He was actually like doing an announcement at like, I think a football game, like right before. So that's why I'm not sure if he went to ADCC, but it, uh, they ended up going like two hours, like behind schedule. Oh. Because they were just waiting for Bruce Buffer to get into the to get into the place from. I think I think he was actually like doing the announcement at like at the Raiders at the Raiders game. Oh, yeah, because that was in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So they literally just drove from one side to the other. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's okay. Well, maybe that next time. Hopefully, got, they book it faster. <laughs> I gotta disagree with you. Don't have Bruce Buffer announce one of my one of my matches. I'm going crazy. <laughs> no, I'm going crazy. Get stuck in the limelight. Yeah, man. <laughs> There could be 10 people in that gym and I'm going to feel like I'm getting ready to fight for the belt. <laughs> it's wild. Like he's dope that he'll like let normal people pay him to like come and do do like an announcement at their weddings. I think he pay. I heard he broke up with somebody or something. Yeah, I've seen that. It was on one of those like apps where you can get shout outs from celebrities and this guy paid him to or like this girl paid him to like break up with her boyfriend or something like that. Yeah. Bruce Buffer is a dope dude to do some shit like that. I mean, it's not the worst way to get broken up with, so. <laughs> I guess it would be, like, I guess if you were two gay guys and were into UFC, it would be the worst way. But we all know girls aren't really into UFC like that, so it's like, and it's, it's I guess maybe it's injury to insults, like, and you broke up with me like that? I don't know. Maybe you are right. Now that, that I think de- about it. That depends on how you look at it, because I look at it as an opportunity. I'm going to be like, hey, bro. Check this video out. <laughs> Check this video. I, I know he's saying I'm a scumbag, but still, Bruce Buffer said I'm a scumbag. I don't know. Like, I feel like in the moment, it's a good enough way to like get stuck in the limelight of seeing like, oh shit, there's Bruce Buffer to where she can make like a good entry or a good exit. <laughs> what what's the is there a good way to break up? Have you ever broken up with someone and what's the best and worst way you've done it? Okay, if so. it's too low, we don't even gotta go there. But oh no, this is like a throwback. So back in before time, I'm not sure if you know. Who I'm, I'm not sure if you know who I'm talking to you. People probably know. I probably said this story a lot, but there was this one girl I dated who was a Scientologist, and like, okay. dude, she was like that shit crazy. And this is like a, like living in my Pasadena days, and I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't even know she was a Scientologist. I found out. Went to her dad's office. I was like, oh, who's this prestigious gentleman? Just like wearing his admiral outfit. And they just, oh, I was like, shit. yeah. And I, she was like, oh, it's Elrond. And I'm like, as if like, it's like a household name. And I'm like, who's Elrond? And, like, and she's like, oh, Elrond Hubbard. And I was like, no, no way. And I started laughing as she looked at me. I was like, oh, you're serious. Like, and this was like a month in, so I didn't know any better. So, um, but long story short after that, like I was just, it was just getting worse and worse and worse. It was coming and it was coming to the point where I started to realize that she was she was something else. Like she worked for PETA. She was So just, she was giving those vibes. She was giving me bad out. vibes, but it was like one of those where I was like, okay, well, I have to get her to break up with me because I don't know if I'll have all, all like all my tires after this situation. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's I'm not sure if that's the best or worst way to do it, but that's that is a way. So I was just like trying to find a way just to not necessarily be a shitty human being, but like be enough to where her her thinking like maybe this is not working out. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Maybe we're just like two different people and stuff like that. But I was one of those definitely like bullet dodging situations. Yeah, I respect <laughs> that. No, no, I mean I don't respect that because I've done. I say I respect it because I've been there and done it before. Yeah, but do we learn? I I like to I like to think I have. I think um, I would like to think so too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I learned. I would say I would say I learned. Um, I think uh, well, not exactly. Um, I think back to a situation I had with this girl who I was dating recently before I met my current partner, um, and she called me and she was like, "I don't think this is gonna work." And I was like, "Okay." She was like, "Well, what well, what do we do? Like, what do you want to be friends?" She was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Okay." What does that look like for you? She's like, uh, "I don't know." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Uh, she's like, this is weird. I was like, do you want me to fight for you? Like, what are you looking for here? I just want you to do something. Yeah. And I and I knew I had done exactly what you said. I'd done yeah. kind of like just been whatever. Yeah. Just to be like, I'm not a bad, to make myself feel like I'm not a bad person. 
But also, I'm too afraid to actually say, hey, I really don't want to be with you. And uh, so when it came down to it, I felt like how I learned was instead of being that person that tried to continue the relationship, to be like, oh, no, I'm not. Or like try to be like, no, let's figure it out. Or just like just to keep hooking up or whatever. I was like, no, look, I'm not going to fight for you. You're right. This isn't the right fit. We're not looking for the right thing. If you want to be friends, let's do it. But if not, I understand. And I kept it moving. I'm assuming that wasn't the right answer for her. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. If you if you tell them you're not going to fight, that's that's fighting words right there. <laughs> you don't think I learned no can mean yes, can mean maybe. It could be I don't want to talk to you, or why mm-hmm. am I not talking? Exactly. It's a rough one. Me personally, the I'm not. This isn't working out. Would have been like, all right, well, click. <laughs> I'm going back to doing my thing. Hey, one of my red flags is once I start seeing messages get a little bit too long, I'm like, damn, I'm just going to delete it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's bad, but like at least one of us is just angry versus both of us. I, yeah. That's how I see it. If yeah, it's something that's, that's like, if it's something that's actually worth worth its salt to like say, like she's going to call me or talk to me about it. But usually they forget about it. That's funny. So have you ever ran into like an issue while dating where they don't like your like your jujitsu necessarily like how much dedication you have for it yes um it was one of those where it was like it was she was fine with it in the beginning but it just slowly over time became that she wasn't because it was like one of those like i I, i'm pretty uh, like upfront and i'm like look i train three times a day at least and i'm just i'm like this is basically my life and she's like she's like cool that's fine And just over time, just all those like, why do you train? Why do you train like this often when like, in a nutshell, she was like saying like, why do you train this often when you feel like you're, you're getting better, but like, you're trying to, you're not quite to the top and stuff like that. It's like, that's hater. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was like, why don't you have a life outside of it essentially? It's it's crazy that she just kind of like shot your dreams down. Yeah, but it's just one of those like I understand like it is what it is and like I do spend a lot of time, but like it just comes down to like she was just looking for someone else that had more free time. Is, I guess is the best way to explain it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like I like that she stuck to your guns, but like, what what is your schedule like? So right now, so I train every day, Tuesday through Thursday. Train at eleven five seven. Then Monday and Friday, same thing, more or less, except for Mondays at a 6 a.m. And then Fridays, I train at 6 and 8. Okay. Yeah. That used to be uh, my schedule when I was, uh, when I first started, like when I went, before I went to Brazil, when I went to Brazil, when I came back for a little bit. But you already, you already left Leon by the time I came back from Brazil. Yeah, so I moved. I, had mo- I basically moved for work um, because I was going to El Segundo. Sill Beach at the same time mm-hmm. and it was just it was just hard to like live in Sill Beach and drive all the way over there I just wanted to be in a place where like the freeways kind of cross so I can pick either side so I was fine with that yeah so yeah that was basically what it is and then my lease ended and it was just a weird situation and the like Long Beach Signal Hill is just kind of weird with it's yeah. a weird area yeah no, I know exactly area. what you mean um I kind of ran into the same situation um I was back and forth from like Paris okay to, yeah to to, like from, from Paris to Los Alamitos every day, trying to do two a days, helping out the kids' class, and like also having to take care of my own personal responsibilities is like, man, this is a lot. And I yeah. go ahead, go, go. So I work out there, bro. That's like 40, that's like a 40 mile difference. Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That's dedication right there. I would, yeah. That's. So yeah, I was just with Leon. I was still going there even though after I moved, but it was just becoming like, okay, well. Uh, with my work schedule and everything, I was only able to train like once, like not even once a day. Mm. Like, yeah, so I was like, yeah, yeah it's just, it, it sucks, but it was just one of those, like, it is what it is. I need to find like a school that like helps with my schedule. So I jumped around a bit. Then I found, I found Tempe Fullerton or just a Tempe okay. OC area. And then they, the offer, even though like, it's hard to say, but. I'm 50-50, gi and no gi. I would actually probably say lean gi more right okay. now. Interesting. Um, yeah. And, but there's just a lot of things that, like, just specifically just the 10th Planet Orange County area in general, they, 
they offer a lot of intangibles that like they they offer great technique but there's just a lot of intangibles that like you didn't realize that you needed that they provided I um I'm not really familiar with them. I do pay them five dollars every month. I think I text you this. I signed <laughs> up because I'm very vague. We've talked about the probably nausea at this point on digital learning and uh, acquiring skills from everywhere. Yeah. Um. So I've been paying for their little digital service five dollars every month, but I haven't been using it for like since 2020. Like, Honestly, like, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Every month it's like four ninety nine hit you. I was like, what is it? Oh, I should cancel that. Or I should log in. I never did. <laughs> so Eddie Bravo. What's up, man? What's up, man? Making free money off me, bro. <laughs> he said I'm gonna keep doing it too. Yeah, no, I respect. <laughs> I, would, I respect the game, man. Look, I understand, like I've heard his story enough to know that he's come from a, a very poor background. I come from a very poor background. I respect the hustle. I respect the game. I respect what he's done. I respect that through the face of everyone telling him, no, you can't do it. That he's like, nah, bitches, I'm going to do it my fucking way. And I'm going to do me. Fuck everybody. And, and what it is that. like with Tank Plant that I truly love is that they're very, they're very open and very inviting. And mm -hmm. that's like one thing that you can go from like any Tank Plant here all the way to like Florida or where have you. Mm -hmm. You're always going to be an inviting school, like regardless of where you're from. So that's one thing okay. I do enjoy about 10th Planet versus like a lot of other gyms that are very like closed door approach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And it's funny because so I've been to a lot of gyms too. Yeah. And that's the one thing I've noticed is like I've never trained 10th Planet, but the people I meet from 10th Planet are like, we just love jujitsu. We love everybody. And they're all like having like, like good times. But when you go to these other gyms, they're like, oh, 10th Planet. I, yeah, I like truly believe that like the best schools are the very open door policy schools. Like even like Mendez Bros at with AOJ, mm -hmm. like they're very they're very open door policy. Also, let like anyone really can walk in as long as you know you wear your white gi with your black rash guard and stuff like okay. that. Okay, yeah, but I mean they're very open. They don't care what school you go to. It's like even with Autos um, B team when I went to B team, same mm -hmm. same exact thing. Like it's mm. just a lot of like. It's just a lot of like just skills just coming in and just people just dropping them off and then you leave them with some too. I think just I'm just not a fan of when schools close their doors is the best way to explain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No big facts. I yeah. agree with that. And I yeah. feel like with that, you just kind of lose a lot of what is jujitsu in a nutshell. And yeah. at the end of the day, let's just be real about it. I don't care that I'm a blue belt or not. That's ego. And yeah. we're supposed to be checking our egos as we progress on this martial arts journey. And if you're going to not let another student back because for whatever reason he's honest or she's honest enough to say, hey, this isn't the right fit for me, but I do got love for you. Yeah. But shun them and kick them out. Yeah. Be the bag of dicks. Yeah. It's just one of those. Just, it's just rough situations. Yeah. 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 I've, I've seen it. I've seen it a lot where like someone will leave and if they like try and come back for an open mat, people are just kind of like. Oh, you feel like the the weirdness in the air. It was something in the air that's not quite right. Yeah, and it's yeah. like yeah. you can't you can't necessarily offer everything to one person because everyone has different needs. You know? Yeah. So like, if they find a gym that fits them better, like okay, but like collectively as a group, like as us as practitioners, we're supposed to support everyone getting better because that's what's best for the sport the moving sport, forward. The martial yeah. art. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I like about uh, A-Side. I feel like, you know, Armand's cool with people training at, at their gyms. I know we have uh, people that come in on a consistent basis from every gym. Just like, oh, go train wherever. Like, he's, you know, go explore. But be loyal. And, you know, I respect that. Like, and that's, I'm a loyal person to the yeah. core. Like, I'm still loyal to Coach Bill at the end of the day, right? Yeah, same. Unfortunately, my scenario at the time, which is like, like I said, I was commuting, ended up round trip like four hours every day. Yeah. It's a four hour commute mm -hmm. every fucking day. No, that was the me. It was like when I left, like when I would leave work and stuff mm -hmm. like that, just to get my clothes and come back. It's like 90 minutes every day. And, In the yeah. car. Yeah, in in LA traffic. That's yeah. That's what made it was only like twenty miles, but it was forty five minutes one Bro. way. And I literally <laughs> had the fucking road try to kill me. Yeah, no, no. You saw the photo, right, <laughs> DJ? I don't know if we were uh, friends at the time. So I'm commuting back and forth, and I'm driving down the highway, and I would say a chunk of road like this size, concrete, maybe this thick, right? But like a chunk of road this size came up, just hit the front of my car, just took it out, just like got totaled by insurance and everything. I was so fucking mad. 
wait, like, let's say you're driving and, like, something threw this piece of concrete into your car, did it fall off? Or I think, um, I think what I saw was the tires from the truck in front of me had kicked the uh, concrete up, like, it was probably loose gravel. Yeah. And it kicked up, and when it kicked up, it was, like, either, like, slam on my brakes, we're all going, like, 70 miles per hour, slam on my brakes into the car behind me and cause an accident, or take this thing head on, so I decided to take it head on. That's I'm, wild. Yeah, that's what. Look, I LA traffic. I look, I would have <laughs> sued the city. I, uh, you know, I do have a camera in my car now, so I can prove something. Like, how do you prove that? Yeah, like how do there's you? There's a that? chunk. There's a chunk-sized <laughs> hole in my car from where the concrete kicked up. Bro. Nah, that's why I got a camera in my car. If this ever happens again, so get it. Anyone who doesn't have a camera in their car just to record it, I think like nowadays it's it's a safety thing. You should have one. It's yeah. 50, 60 bucks, less than 100 bucks on Amazon. Exactly. Get get you some shit. Protect yourself. And if you're ever like out in trouble. Uh, can weird. you get closer to the mic? If you're ever like in trouble, it sounds weird, but run towards the nearest Tesla. They have those 360 cameras. On oh, all oh times. I didn't even That's think about really that. Smart. Yeah. I think we're about to get into like your ADCC journey. Like, ta- like. Oh, yeah. So right now, waiting for South or. Right now, I'm getting ready for Nogi Worlds coming up in three weeks. Got roughly like seven, eight more pounds to cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too, too bad. Uh, I'm going to do that in Vegas. I think it's December 6th or 7th. Okay. Um, I still haven't cleared that with the girl if I can come out. Oh, it's fine. It's just, it's just there regardless. Okay. We're, I'm just going to be there that Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Okay. So I think we're the first people to go. So if that's the case, probably like 10, 11 a.m. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's coming up. I'm waiting for them to announce South American trials if they haven't yet already when when this podcast comes out. But right now they haven't. Um, and then West Coast trials. Hopefully, some hopefully I'm just really just trying to see how far I can get. Probably not gonna probably not gonna get gold, but like just doing it every two years. I mean I got I got a chance to do four trials a year, so might as well. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just looking at that sooner or later, I'm just hoping to win one of them. Throw a dart at the board and see where you land. Exactly. And I, as long as you keep on getting closer every year, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Getting better and progressive. Yeah. So I know we talked about like your training that goes into this. What What about diet and recovery? Like where? Yeah. Because I know you've had injuries like myself, not to cut you off, but yeah, you've had injuries like me. How are you handling that? So, uh, <laughs> so with my knee injuries, uh, left knee, I don't have an LCL. I don't have a PCL now. Um, Shit, we the same, bro. Yeah, so LCL, totally different soccer injury of all things. Uh, it was like right before 2020, just complete tear. Someone just like slide tackled me. My foot got caught into the grass and just popped. Mm-hmm. And then PCL happened probably like six months ago. Just uh, got caught in a weird position, same exact situation, just popped. So now my left leg, it's kind of wonky, but it, I mean, like if someone were to leg lock me, it doesn't quite hurt. Um, basically yesterday as it happened all in the quintet, like a guy mm-hmm. tried to leg lock me, um, try to go for Iokis the whole time. Uh, I heard of my foot, but I was like, okay, well my foot's, if it pops, it pops, but my knee ain't there. So I don't got to worry about that. So I just kind of just bit the bullet and just rolled through on a lot of those. Okay. But, uh, yeah, injury and recovery. Um, honestly, I would say, I wish I could say I would, I do like, you know, surgery or rehab but honestly i take like an approach of doing absolutely nothing and hoping for the best and it seems to be working out as of like <laughs> option number three okay oh, yeah man. shout out nikki ryan thank you for th- for the advice is that what he said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do rehab or surgery or nothing so do okay. that approach <laughs> I, I take the rehab approach and kind of like progressively get better and fix your shit yeah no i did that for my pcl um yeah eight weeks of rehab um but like probably should have should have taken a little bit more time than usual all the people at 10 people didn't know like how stubborn i am so by like week six i was already doing technique when i should have been not doing anything at all yeah um but yeah (laughs) just it is what it is the warrior spirit it's hard to keep me off the mats (laughs) how old are you 26 now that's what it is yeah. see talk to me in a decade bro see talk to me in a decade i say that to all these people who are like 18 man if i, w- I wish i started this when i was younger everyone says that yeah 
But one thing one of my teammates told me, it's like, imagine if you're five or six years old and then you've just done this your whole life and then a decade later, you're 16, 17, this is the only thing you know. Yeah, you're gonna be good. Imagine if you burn out, like that's your whole life. And like, regard, like whether you like it or not, your parents and you invested into this moment just to, just to burn out. It's like, it's like going to the Olympics. You could be the best of the best. And just like, once you're done, like now what? Yeah. And that's like really the hard one that I would say it's like, I'm glad that I started at the age that I am. There's no too late of an age to start. But at the same time, like everyone wishes they would start younger, but then you don't know where you would end up if you started younger. You yeah. may or may not even still do it now. Yeah. yeah. You just want the vitality of the... Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my biggest thing is not that I wish I started younger. I wish that I took my body and health safety more importantly when I was younger. Yeah. Because like, you yeah, that's why I said, talk to me in a decade. Like you, I was like, man, throw it to the wind. Let's go. Let's exactly. go. Uh, I'm tough. I like, I may not... I may not be the strongest person out there. I may not be the bravest person out there, but when it comes down to it, I'm not afraid to fight like if it's worth it. And if it's life or death, it's definitely worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Me me personally, like I got into jujitsu when I was like 23. So I wasn't like too old. Mm -hmm. So for a while I did feel like when everyone's like, I wake up and I I'm cranky, I did not feel like that. I, I did feel not feel like that. <laughs> um, I started feeling like that recently. And now that I'm closing in to like 29, 30 years old, like I've noticed I'm healing slower when I wake up in the morning. I'm yeah. like, Ugh. yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like so, a lot of it is just, you just got to power through it. Like people say, like, it's, oh, it's your youth and stuff. I'm like, nah, it's just really just determination to get where I need to be and a mm -hmm. lot of caffeine. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I can respect that. For me, it's like, I think I'm more, my career path, I've decided it's going to be more of a Donahart career path. If I ever achieve greatness in this sport, it'll be because I'm a great coach, not because I achieve great things on the mat as far as competitively. Honestly, that's that's good. If you're going to, honestly, if you're going to make a career out of jujitsu, like competitors aren't, that's not the way to make money. Most average school on like any side, like, any jiu-jitsu school, it's nine times out of ten, unless if another pandemic happens, is a pretty safe bet to open, honestly. Yeah, true. Yeah. So that's how I see it. It's, it's really the competitors, they don't make money. It's like once you become a once you like have that like quote unquote passive income of just students just paying over a course of months and just having just an X amount of students, mm -hmm. like that's really where the money is in the sport to like start a career out of it versus trying to compete for like you may or may not win in five grand, not only the fact that you have to fly there and that just, that's not covered. You're really like gambling on a lot of the times to call it a career. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. And I think, um, did you have something to say? I was gonna say that's why, like, that's where you benefit being so close, like you're in LA. Exactly. You're in Vegas, right? And like Vegas is right down the street. So you are, you do have a benefit for it, but not everyone's in that position. Exactly. Yeah. I would say for me, it's just I like you. I don't have a PCO. I don't have an ACL on my left knee. Um, I don't have a meniscus. My my left knee is shattered for all intents and purposes from an old football injury. Do you feel like how does that affect your game? Um, it affects it to the degree of sometimes it slows me down. When like you know you want to make a movement and you know you can explode through to complete the movement, I have to take a second like to make sure that all my muscles are flexed, like all my, you know, all the muscles yeah, behind me are flexed and ready to go. I'm ready to take that impact. I can't just go and my, my body instinctively do that or take that force. Does it hurt or does it feel just unstable? Um, it depends. It depends upon what is going on when we're talking about like really deep leg locks and like heel hook shit. Yeah, it hurts and it's like, okay. you know, I, my knee is twisting and it's sometimes like depending upon if I don't shift my knee a certain way, it'll 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 hurt. I know like I'll have to tap just because it, it hurts. It's tweaked in the wrong way. But I have okay. to if I shift it first, it won't happen, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I am, more okay. or less if I can shift it. But it's just like one of those like I guess the best way to explain people's you know when you're walking on a slippery mat and mm -hmm. then you try and push off of it and that's like the best yeah. way to explain where my knee is right now is it feels like it's it's good up until it's not is yeah. the best way to explain it and yeah. you're not doing anything for recovery right now 
No, I was just, I mean, I was just like strengthening all my muscles around it for like PT and stuff like that. But now not really. Yeah. I'm going to unsolicited advice you. (laughs) Knees over toes. Ben Patrick, knees over toes. I've been doing his stuff. It's, it, I feel like if it wasn't for doing stuff like that, I wouldn't be able to still do jujitsu at my age with the injuries that I've had. Because this, this injury happened back in 2007. Yeah. So 2007, I didn't start jujitsu until 2022, 2020, 2021. That's when I started martial arts in general. Um, but actually signed up at a gym was 2021. Yeah. So that's a long time. And it, I was over 300 pounds, a lot of stress. And on the knee, I had to rebuild that to even get to be on jujitsu mat. So that's why I say I recommend it because it's helped me through that process. I, know, I feel like, like um, one of my coaches right now, he's very big into biomechanics. Okay. So he that's what he more or less he does. And they, well, both my coaches at 10th Planet, they give me a lot of shit for even down to like, even how I sit down. So <laughs> <laughs> they try and like correct my posture. Like all the time, they'll even like pull on my shoulders just so I'm just like that back. all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's hard. Even now, I keep forgetting. Oh, I need to pull my shoulders back. Exactly. Yeah, I was. You just reminded I mean, me. Jiu-jitsu is like the. You're having a bad posture is so great for jujitsu. It's it's bad for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, pot like. So the first few episodes that came out, my family was like, "Fix your posture. Fix your posture." And then, like, in jiu-jitsu, I noticed that I'm always, like, arching my back to, like, elongate people. So it turns to, like, I'm sitting here. I mean, here. like, every situation, when you're playing guard, you're rounded. When you're, like, trying to pass guard, you're rounded. And it's just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is why I don't really bear and bolo. Like, I broke my neck when I was nine years old. Ah, shit. So I don't bear and bolo as if I don't have to. I can do it. I can invert. Like, it's just... I just, just stay away that. from it. Yeah. No, I feel you. Uh, because the last thing I need is something like that to get hemmed up no i feel like with bolos you can you can roll on your head too like on forehead it's just really just moving from one shoulder to the other i'm a pass <laughs> so i'm the opposite I, lo- I love to invert bear and bolo all that and the reason for it is whenever i first got into jujitsu like that was the that, that was, was the, the, new, the new meta yeah yeah <laughs> and then i'm watching all these highlights and i'm like yeah i'm doing that and everyone's like you're a little Big to do that. So after I got those comments, I was determined. No, I was determined. Yeah. Did you guys uh, ever play uh, Tekken, uh, the fighting game on like PlayStation? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. So I've always liked Tekken more than Mortal Kombat because I feel like it's actual fighting as opposed to Mortal Kombat. There's all these powers and stuff. But anyways, there's this guy on Tekken. His name is Bob. He's like DJ size, but he moves like you. <laughs> like, like he just spins he can spin he'll kick people in the face he's, he's a dope character so i feel like you're like the real life bob bro yeah man yeah i was uh i was rolling with mike the other day and he he was shocked it was uh it was a good it was a good time yesterday at renzo's place at the oh, renzo oh, Grace. oh. yeah so um we went Great there school. uh to uh check out their open mat and nice. yeah because uh so I, I don't know if you watch the other podcasts but uh michael ross like people in twice he's beat me twice um, we had him on, and so I want to get better. So I'm training with him. Like we're going yeah. open mass together, and just trying to build each other up. And no, for you sure. know, he wants to learn things from me. I think, I think that's what he said. Not to put words in his mouth, but I definitely want to learn things from him. So it's definitely. I feel like that's what's really cool about jujitsu. We could be fighting each other, but then like, yo, I see something new, and I want to get better. And like, let's get better together. You know? Exactly. We don't have to fight each other. That's really what it is. It's just just biggest small community. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Since uh so I know you're I know you're like heavy into competition, but do you think you'll ever make the transition to coaching yourself or Yeah, it, I can tell you carry a lot of like yeah. knowledge. Yeah, probably. Um yeah, at some point I would say probably like getting into my mid thirties around okay. there. I would definitely look into that. Um yeah. At some point I'm probably thinking about opening my own school, but as of right now, I'm just trying to take things day by day is the same, best way to explain same. it. Compete while I can until I can't. <laughs> exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, I, I've like been, I've like straddled the fence on like if I want to like coach or compete. Um, and like it's funny because I'll I'll say I'm not competing, but as soon as the competition's getting close, I'm looking at my teammates super envious, like, oh man, like I'm so excited same. for you. So I miss it. I miss it a lot. 
but like whenever you coach someone and they do really well that's a that's a great feeling oh yeah 100 percent. that's a great feeling i love that i'm actually really jealous right now of our teammates uh they're getting ready for jj world league in the finals the medals the gold medal like jj world league their medals have you yeah their medals are solid they have yeah. the best fucking medals i've ever seen oh yeah 100%. all of jujitsu i know <laughs> What? It is, I have one. It's pretty nice. It's yeah. pretty nice. No, the gold. I like. I want a gold one from JJ Worley because they're so dope. But they're so huge. Bad. They're <laughs> so yeah. huge. And like, I don't even. I'm not even like a fucking materialistic person. Like, they just. It just like. You just feel like you want something. Yeah. No, they definitely. I definitely enjoy like JJ World League as like a organization. Mm-hmm. I wish they were bigger. Honestly, like they're only on the West Coast. They should. I feel like personally, they should expand to the East Coast because. Um, I may be completely wrong, but I think Naga may be also in the East Coast, right? I'm not sure. I, don't I think they recently were doing some. I don't know how like established they are out there, but I know there was like a Naga in like North Carolina recently or something. Okay. I also know that there was recently, I think, a New Hampshire JJ World League. So they there are is. they are like expanding okay. through like the coast. Um, I think like even cool is globally. There's like if you go on the rankings, and everything you can go look globally uh, and in. Uh, West Coast wise and East Coast wise, so you separate the coast. Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah, because I remember like seeing it was, like go from like West Coast, like up up like all the way up to Oregon, all but all the way to Texas, and I just didn't see anything past that. Okay, they should get bigger, like IBJJF, especially like with not a, like you don't need a profile and you don't need to pay for an ID and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. and then, then like they upload all their matches for exactly. you, so you can go back and watch your at least watch your own matches if you can't go back and study some competitors. Exactly, and then, like the fact that you have to have a, a flow grappling account if you're gonna watch any IBJJF event. And like, yeah. Oh what? Free. Yeah, you have to. They they stream everything through Flow, so. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Get through the paywall. Yo, they gotta get their money. You know, you know. Look, you grew up in Brazil. You know it's rough out there. Yeah. And if they if I mean, they find a way to make some money, respect. That's how I look at it. For sure, I, I get it. it. I don't know. I just feel like Flow is a monopoly, and <laughs> I feel like there has to be something out there that's just like that's to be just on that level with them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I I, I agree with you. It, I, I wish. Go ahead. It'll come as the sport grows. Like yeah. I feel like it just made its like introduction to the to the like fight entertainment world yeah yeah um with like gordon ryan um yeah he's he's the catalyst and also like a one champion is doing a lot of just jujitsu specific matches have you seen any like yeah no i love i love like the setup that they do especially with the fact that it's not just all mma events so under like a card you got jujitsu muay thai you got kickboxing MMA. I love the fact that there's like because sometimes I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes when I watch UFC events, I get burnt out. Same. Yeah, especially like the early part of the main card where you know they're not people aren't taking risks because they're just trying to win regardless. Like no one knows how you win. Just you just gotta win. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's just nice to have those breaks with like jujitsu breaking it up or something like that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, that's what I really like about them. Plus, I like what um, their organization stands for. I don't know if you've listened to uh, Sean Tree and him talk about uh, being a martial artist and how he wants the organization to have martial artists, not entertainers, so to say. Like, yeah, you can, we want you to be entertained. You can be entertained, but not by, like, you want to be entertained by the sport itself, not quite like like the McGregors of the world. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. They, he wants to, if, if you're going to be entertaining, do it through your martial arts. And that's yeah. what I like about that organization and what I feel like they're trying to push. That makes no, sense. I like that. I definitely yeah. do. From a jujitsu standpoint, they got their guy with Mikey. I feel like yeah. Mikey knows everything. Uh, I like Mikey, but I wish like he was bigger. Yeah. No, I agree. Even if you're we're playing like ADCC for 66 kilos, mm-hmm. I would still say he's at least like 10 pounds under yeah what he's supposed to he's like you remember that match with gabriel Souza? i didn't like, see it i didn't see it oh he's it was the one where he got north south okay north south choked like there was a, a clear weight discrepancy even though they're quote unquote the same weight like you okay. can tell like mikey just decided to just not diet and then gabriel was like cutting definitely like 15 pounds okay yeah so that i would feel like that's like the biggest issue i was like excited to watch him at adcc up until he uh, had that appendix situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he would have done good. I just don't think he would have made it to the finals, unfortunately. I just think he's too small. And it's just yeah, like no matter how good your technique is, there comes a certain point where it's just like 
guy is stronger than you, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And I think, like, I think he would be bigger if he was bigger. Like, and I don't mean, like, yeah. like juice. I mean, like, if he was born, like, my size, so to yeah. say. Like, or DJ size. Or at least, like, like at least, like, 170. Yeah. I yeah. think he would be giving the whole jujitsu world a real fucking problem. He knows everything. Like, every, like, clip I've seen him in, he's very... He's like very articulate and like, and he knows what he's telling you. Yes. And then on top of that, he could not only tell you, you can put it to use. Like, I, I don't think I've seen anyone get pe- like submit people in different ways like he does. Yeah. Like chokes, leg locks, arm bars from different positions, different A. Like, he's a smooth dude, man. Yeah, he's just very good at, under- especially Noki now. He's very good at understanding what are like the options that, like, basically with the dilemmas you create, um, what options they give you like for example um once he like sweeps someone um depending if they're facing towards him or away he has an option of like standing up sweeping mm-hmm. or like going for a leg lock but as they turn away that like takes away the that basically takes away the standing up and pass situation but then that gives the leg lock and back take situation so he just keeps on just chaining dilemmas and it's just that's what he's very good at yeah so, so are we saying before Mikey makes a run at ADCC, he needs to get on the juice? <laughs> no, I'm it not. Would it not hurt? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, how do you feel about that? Would, do you think he should do it? Do you think he's that like? I think if he I feel like it's on, like obviously his technique is on point. Um, I just like one of the matches that I do remember was him and Diego Pato. I think it was Gee Worlds. Okay. And like Pato was coming down, he was coming up. Mikey ended up winning by a footlock, but you could definitely tell like the fact that Mikey was just holding on to that footlock for probably like three or four minutes before he got the finish. It would have probably been different if they were actually the same size. Okay. Yeah. So it was. Just, it's just one of those. It definitely doesn't hurt to be bigger, especially yeah. when you're like cutting down and weight and stuff like that. Uh, but. Yeah, I like obviously skill helps, but it's just there comes there's just basically just comes a point, especially like with ADCC when there's twenty five roughly twenty five pounds per division. Yeah, of like difference. Yeah, it really makes a big difference at that point because you got people making forty five who's cutting from like sixty five. Damn. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like that's, even Crownston, that's a perfect. Example. That's, yeah, that's Someone a lot. Cut from sixty five to forty five. That was a big cut, too. Yeah. Man, I saw, um, I was looking at JJ Worley because I was just curious where I ranked at. And I saw one guy who was all the way up in like the 208, number one guy, um, 208, all the way down to 162. I was like, damn, bro, what do you do? You must be a wrestler. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's definitely, he knows that they weigh in in the mornings. And honestly, probably like a little bit of my diet for cutting. Um, long story short, start cutting carbs like two weeks prior. Then I started cutting salt, sodium in general, like 36 hours prior, but then I do like water, hard water loading. Okay. And then that's when I'm cutting from like, I think the worst one was like last year, Nogi Worlds. And I got injured like a month before Nogi Worlds. So I took two weeks off. Then when I got back on since I wasn't training. I was like, damn, I'm 152, 153. And I was, it was probably like 10 at that point. It was like. 10 days before nogi worlds mm-hmm. and i cut from 52 to 35 in like 10 days and that was rough i remember everyone looking at me i was i was dying i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah no that's, that's crazy. really great yeah that's crazy i remember I've, oh, never had, I've never had to cut but i i can only imagine like i i see you guys like from across the gym and i'm like i feel bad oh yeah it was i remember i was rolling with some guy uh actually one of my one of my favorite training partners uh jason and I remember I was real, I was fine. I was hundred percent fine. And I was like looking to pass his guard. And then I just started tearing up in the middle of it. And it was really just because my hormones are so out of whack that I just yeah. started, I just started crying just out of nowhere, but I was, I was just fine. It's just emotionally just wasn't there. And it was, no, it was the it. dumbest thing. I was like, he was asking me like, are you okay? And I'm like, dude, I don't even know. I'm fine. Like nothing's <laughs> going on right now. I just feel sad for some weird reason. Wake up to rough, bro. They're <laughs> rough. I, I kind of do that. I kind of do the same thing you do as far as um, cutting. I do it more of a month out just because yeah. I start actually, I, I say I'm going to do it a month out. It ends up being two weeks because it's like two weeks of like 
prep to like mentally get my mental like all right, this is what we're doing oh, yeah, know, we're doing like this diets always start tomorrow Here we are so you know no like it's a month for me i if i a solid month that happens that month out like i will not fail on that month go he just called me out uh, I, said, I said that last night diet starts tomorrow oh, i can't believe how often i say that <laughs> That's funny. My bad. My bad. No, go no. <laughs> well, no. That that was all I had to say. Is I was laughing because I was like, he just he just called me out. <laughs> diet. Speaking of diets, man. When when it, is it starting tomorrow or did it start today? It started today. Okay. Um, I'm fasting pretty much in the morning until around three. Okay. Um, I'm making sure to get my ga- my gallon in. Um, I'm eating high protein and gallon of water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gallon of water. Um, I'm eating high protein and veggies. Um, I'm not doing it like cold turkey today, but I want to cut back on carbs. I don't want to cut them out completely, but definitely want to cut back. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the working out, getting ready for tournaments next year, I'm already, I've already been on that for about a week now. Yeah. I'd say one little thing that does help that definitely like, I, I kind of play the like take more drastic approaches as it gets closer to see where my weight is at because sometimes my weight will like, I'll drop three pounds if I just cut fiber out of my diet, which isn't too, too bad, but just, it's like one of those, just understanding how to, you're just trying to time things in a weight cut to where everything just comes perfect on that day. Because remember, you're only that weight for like 10 minutes, if that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think at this point, uh, cause the weight, I think they should probably readdress the weight thing. Cause people are getting a lot heavier in jujitsu. Yeah. Um, so 225 and up is kind of outrageous. Um, yeah. Yeah. But because I'm so far away from that, like right now I'm like 290. Yeah. Um, or actually I'm like 300. But I'm so far away from that that I'm not worried about getting under it. I'm just worried about starting to drop weight, yeah. uh, build a healthy habit and keep it off while working on jujitsu so I can maintain it. And that's For where I'm sure. at too. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm not at I'll say that's where that's where I'm at too, and that's like why another another reason I uh, I've mentioned not competing because it's my birthday uh, in December. Yeah, you know, I want one of those medals. Uh, it's also I need to mentally be able to how to I got to figure out how to stay that path, stay that course. I know I can do it. How do I do it while chasing jujitsu without even chasing that goal? Like without because there's a why at the end of the tunnel for me. Yeah. No, I'd say only focus on like one tournament at a time. Honestly, mm-hmm. that was like the biggest thing. One of my coaches told me because I used to just sign up for anything. But if you're just signing up with just a goal of just to do it, you're not really focused on every turn. I mean, yeah, you can get like time on the mats and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But yeah, it, you start to care less about the tournaments that matter, and it starts getting like kind of blurry on what matters and what doesn't matter. Okay. It's the best way to explain it. Like, even with the Quintet yesterday, this was, like, super last second. I was just focused on Ogie Worlds. Like, basically, Eddie gave the phone call of, like, hey, we're doing a Quintet. Wait, real um, quick. What what is the what is a Quintet? Like, So, it's basically, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool little, like, um, cool tournament. Long story short, it's five people. It's okay. the name Quintet. Um, they have to, all together, you have to be under a certain weight. Okay. So let's say for this one, it was like eight, it was 825. Okay. So all of us together have to be, has to be under 825 pounds. And then you put your people in whatever order you want, but you just have to stick with that order. Okay. So you could be like, like me, for example, I was the smallest person on our team <laughs> going and we, for HQ, we went up against, I went up against the biggest guy. Okay. So, oh. yeah, so that was fun. That's, okay. <laughs> how, 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 how do you handle that, like competing as a smaller guy against a bigger guy? I, I know when we roll, yeah. I like how you still have a very solid control and you're still very fluid. So with this one, um, the strategy, so a part of the strategy is, it, so if you sub someone, you still stay in and they go out. Okay. So if you can sub everyone, that's great. You can take out a whole team. Okay. But... If you two don't sub each other since it's sub only, then if essentially if you two tie, then you both go out. So the whole plan is, is that if you can just stay one ahead of the person, you can stall out the rest of the matches. Okay. So basically what happened was we ended up taking people or we ended up taking people out and we ended up, I was the fourth guy against the last guy. And generally the, the strategy is the first and the last guy is going to be the biggest. You kind of want those people as your anchors, hoping okay. that either one will take everyone out or one will take it, the last few people out. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of the strategy. So that's kind of what we did. That's kind of roughly how everyone else did. So 
drawn like the short straw ended up going against their biggest guy, which thank uh, I'm not sure if thankfully or not, but I was sure he was a heavy leg locker. Mm-hmm. Felt that like a couple minutes in, couldn't pass my guard for like the first couple minutes, and so it just ended up being like a leg lock battle, mm-hmm. more or less. And then basically, uh, it just ended up being a tie. And then so mm-hmm. we took out HQ's team, and then we went up against Riverside. And one of our guys, one of our anchors, was basically took out their team. Oh, so yeah, it was pretty chill. But yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. I'm not gonna lie. How much? How much did the guy weigh that you went against? Oh, definitely at least two hundred. Okay. Yeah, he was like a bait. Like he was like a lanky guy, but he was like he had a lot. It was kind of it's kind of like built like Landon. I was just gonna say that. Okay. Yeah, this is the best way to explain it. Just a Landon type. (laughs) Okay. Um. Uh. And how much do you weigh? Right at that time, I was one thirty three. One thirty three, so yeah. at least seventy pound difference. Yeah, it's a lot of weight to give up. Bro. Yeah, and it, trust, like it was weird. I thought it honestly, I thought it was gonna be stronger. You didn't really play a lot of grip fighting. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he did it like, I mean, I was sitting on like one of his butterfly hooks, and he was able to like overhead elevate me. So he was pretty damn strong in that regard. But I was expecting it to be, you know, not being able to get my arm back after a two-on-one beam. But he didn't really play a lot of grip fighting. He was just looking for my legs. And I was like, okay, just defend the legs. Look for my entries. Look for counter leg locks. And, yeah, just ended up in a stalemate playing leg locks. Yeah. Which I'm not too fond of playing leg locks. But, as like, if we're going to stay in the pocket, just might as well. But, yeah. Yeah, that was his game plan all along. So, I just stayed there. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you experience any fear when you go against bigger opponents? Like giving, like I said, giving up 70 pounds is a lot. Do you experience any fear with that or anxiety? Um, I would say, I would say no. I would say that actually the biggest issue, the biggest, like the biggest people that are, biggest issues I have to deal with are people who are like in that 160, 170 range where athleticism and strength kind of run into each other. Okay. Like passing my my guard, I would probably say the easiest way to do it would probably start going north-south um and yeah once you start like breaking my knee elbow connections that's where things get kind of rough not really pressure passing is like the biggest issue but yeah north south for sure okay yeah it's just hard angle changes and then you if you can just start putting weight down on those hard angle changes that's where things fall apart do you yeah. this man he's like, this man's a warrior bro he's just giving out the game plan to pass his guard <laughs> just to, to the world right here hey, I, re- <laughs> I respect it and like so as as a bigger dude like i run into a, a lot of people who don't want to roll with me yeah. Oh, I feel you on that. And like I like that he's like, I'll roll because in reality, I don't like rolling with smaller dudes, bro. I like that's a chase yeah. that is exhausting. It, like, I'm sorry, it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, people don't think about it. Jujitsu has a lot to do with spacing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're so much smaller than me, it's hard to close that space. So I can never really get you to a point where you're pinned down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a two way street. Like I think my game progressed the most because of people who were in that one seventy to like that one forty to one seventy range. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like the hardest part for me with people that swallow me is like dialing down my strength to like match theirs in those mo- especially it's not it's not hard in the like you're not in the rules, but when you're in that like that chess match, like is he gonna be me? Am I gonna be him? I got to remember, hey, I can't bring my knee all the way to my, like if I'm on bottom slide control trying to escape, I can't bring my knee as hard as I can to my elbow because if I do that, I might, you know, knee him or elbow. I can't like, you know, when I go pull guard, I can't push my foot as far as, you know, as hard as I want to because I might kick him as hard as I can. So I'm trying to say in those moments, I have to like dial back that strength and be like, shit, how do I handle this without hurting my training partner honestly i also feel like it's like on the onus of the smaller person too like mm-hmm. obviously it's going to be easy to bench people who are smaller than you and yeah. it happens but like i also feel like as a smaller person you have to know how to like angle yourself to where that doesn't happen i mm-hmm. feel like it's a two-way street like you're gonna have people who are like whites blues even like even purples like honestly if like things are falling apart someone's gonna use their strength against you like regardless like if like yeah if you're dominating them and that's the last thing they got they're gonna they're gonna bridge you off yeah and you gotta know how to deal with that so i think it's like a two-way street in that regard you can't just tell people to like oh like don't bench me off because 
you know, you're stronger than me. And it's like, what? So it's like, so if someone's 140 and the other person's 150, is that still the same? Like, where do we draw a line? Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. We talked about that in the second episode or the first episode. And I was like, you're going to use your speed against me. So exactly. It's- and I'm a hundred percent going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm going to run around you. Like, why would I go through a mountain if I can just walk around? It's just one of those. Okay. It's like, yeah. It's like, what is that? Just strength is a technique a hundred percent. And mm-hmm. it's just like, how you use your strength efficiently is really what it comes down to in jiu-jitsu. Like, jiu-jitsu is one of those only sports where it's the first time I've ever heard. Like, you never hear in wrestling or judo, people go like, oh, don't use your strength. You got to use technique. Is there a time that you don't see, like, a wrestler or a judokan in, in, in the weight room? It's like, the yeah. only time I hear it is in jiu-jitsu. And I'm yeah. like, nah. Yeah. My man's spitting. Be- <laughs> I, I, I say this, I think, as a whole, jiu-jitsu practitioners are lazy uh, just because you can beat somebody up on the ground. It's easier to do it than get up and stand or like yeah. fight on or striking. So, I, you know, it's my hope that people in the future will look at jujitsu as a self-defense as all around martial arts. Yeah. I think jujitsu is MMA. I think it's MMA because it pulls from all fa- facets of martial arts. Um, yeah. As far as its structure from the standing, from even, you know, a lot of the arm locks and things no, like Even that. with basic principles of like, was striking like yeah. obviously you don't want someone to touch your head it's not a mm-hmm. good thing someone touching your head in jujitsu it's yeah. like yeah if someone's touching your head in jujitsu it's not a good thing yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> so i know uh i know we're kind of getting close to yeah, your time, wrap yeah. up. Go ahead. but i i just want to i have like one more thing i have to ask you for new competitors competitors that are nervous about getting in um i know you've given us a lot of advice but what would you say is the best advice that you can give someone who's thinking about taking that leap into competing i would say if it's your first competition don't worry about even even now don't worry about the results it's just these are just breadcrumbs on your journey uh, but first one in general like don't sweat it just just do it but also prepare yourself like don't walk into there thinking that like if you're training one or once or twice a week, like don't just jump into a competition thinking that you're going to be okay. Because chances are probably not. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I would say at least prepare is the best way to explain it. Don't just go into something thinking that you're just going to do it just to do it. At least do it with the intention of winning, even though the result may not be the one you wanted. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Would you? Okay, so this is gonna be my last question, and uh, I want to find out what you have planned for the future, because um, I want to hear about all your comp- competitions coming up. So, so what would you say before that though? Here's my question: Is touching on what you just uh, with DJGS, what would you say to someone? Let's just say like myself, who's been in jujitsu as a blue belt for a while. Maybe they competed a few times. Maybe they don't have a desire to become the next Gordon Ryan, but they also want to try ADCC. They want to, you know, try for worlds just IBJJF, you know, what would you give them advice? I would say the same thing. Just, just do it, but okay. also be pre- like, prepare yourself, like prepare yourself to do your best Okay, is really what it is. Know the, know the, know your game plan, know the rules, um, really study the rules because ADCC and IBJJF can be ever so more different. They're very different. Yeah. And understanding what techniques work with the rule set given. Like, just quick example, ADCC. Um, essentially, you can only get passing points if they just give up on not trying to not get passed. Okay. So if they are turtling, that is not points. So being good at your turtle defense and getting out of, like, back take situation, front headlock situation should be, like, a number one thing in ADCC while it's not as important in IBJJF because there are just advantages in situations like that rather than just rather than giving up points. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Don't worry about that. We'll keep going. I got another camera rolling. Oh, you're good. Um, okay. So that's about, that's going to wrap up our show. Um, real quick. Um, I just want to ask you about any year goals coming into the end of the year, which you were looking at at the top of 24, 2024, and what you're looking to succeed in, you know, your plans, bro. Um, honestly, I'm just, I'm just, I just like competing, just like having fun. Um, last thing to wrap up the year is Nogi Worlds. After that, um, I'm waiting to see when they're going to announce South American Trials. Definitely doing that. It should be in the beginning of the year, but they haven't said anything. Okay. Uh, March is 
ADCC West Coast Trials, so definitely looking at that. After that, um, probably or I think Worlds will be in June for Gi, so I'll do Gi Worlds. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's the only thing that's like next six months. Yeah, Worlds. Yeah, Worlds. Respect. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping I can get out there and film it. But. I should be in the pyramid this year, so dope for yeah for Worlds. So that should be fun. I'm yeah. a, I'll, I'll definitely be out there to film that. Awesome. But uh, actually, I if I need a computer world. Whatever. We got to wrap up. Thank you guys for tapping in today. Uh, please do me a favor. Like, subscribe, share. Um, and DJ, any notes, questions, anything you want to say? Same thing as last time. Um, y'all trying to catch a role in Southern California? Leave a comment or something. A-side. That's right. You can follow me at underscore call me T. Um, you can use my future kimonos code for 15% off. Reina15, R-E-Y. And a fifteen, get oh, it, awesome. get yeah. it. Future kimonos, fifty percent off. You said fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. I was about to jump on. Yeah. That's why I said, "Oh yeah, I was about to jump on that right now." Yeah, I'll take fifteen though. Future kimonos, I like their shit. They got some good stuff. Oh yeah, fits really well. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you guys for tapping in. Peace.